Gators, tonight at 8 on ESPN 981 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Welcome back to Sports Scene, live at the College World Series in Omaha. And it is a pleasure to bring in my next guest because he also is here in Omaha, one of the play-by-play voices you're seeing on ESPN covering this event. We bring in Tom Hart. Tom, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for this. Um, give me hey, your don't, impression. Don't look, I'm right behind you. I'm standing right <laughs> behind you right now. Surprise. <laughs> Hello. Uh, <laughs> Give me, uh, give me your thoughts on the World Series to date. What's happened? Any big surprises? Just give me your thumbnail of, of what's happened to this point. Yeah, I, the overriding story to me is Mississippi State. I think um, for those of us who followed them during the course of the season, we understand just what an amazing ride this is for them and how close they are to, to playing for a national championship. And when you think about it from a big-picture perspective, Mississippi State, has never won a national championship in any team sport. Of course, women's basketball has come pretty close for them the last couple of seasons, um, but come up just short. Um, they, they weren't supposed to even be in Hoover, right? And if right. Florida doesn't win the Georgia series and win the SEC the week prior, I don't think that Mississippi State is here because I don't think Florida takes the foot off the gas and goes into Starkville and allows themselves to be swept. Credit to Mississippi State for doing it, of course. Um, but Florida's a better team. Uh, I mean, th- there's a lot of better teams in Mississippi State from a talent perspective in college baseball. I don't know where you would rank them. Like, if it was just straight talent, I, I think it would be outside the top 25, uh, maybe outside the top 30, um, and given the fact that they have an interim head coach and there's uncertainty around who's going to be their leader next year. I just think it's a a remarkable story. Second to that would be Arkansas's offensive outburst here. Um, We all knew they had great offense. I didn't know if that offense would play in this ballpark because it didn't play in Hoover. And I think they they certainly benefited from some of the shifting wind patterns. Because at this ballpark, I think it's kind of like Wrigley. We were walking in last night to watch the late game and uh, with one of my coworkers, and we made that comparison that, it's seemingly either blowing straight in or straight out. There are yeah. very few crosswinds in this ballpark. Um, so it's either a totally unfair pitcher's ballpark or it's a little bit more fair and the ball will carry. And um, so I think the Arkansas story is, is one of their offense coming through in big ways. And then, and Oregon State was the story last night, the fact that their offense has come alive and they've been such a good come-from-behind team in their last two games after looking out of sorts in their first game. Um, those are the storylines that have stood out to me. Tom, let me take you back to Mississippi State. Um, you know, Gary Henderson has done a remarkable job as the interim coach. You know, he was a one-time Gator pitching coach. John Cohen, the AD, a one-time Gator assistant coach. And, you know, here he's gotten this team to Omaha. He is in the driver's seat in one of the brackets, and he's not been named the permanent head coach, uh, I'm not sure what else he has to do except maybe. But let's assume he wins this thing. Does John Cohen have any choice but to hire him full-time? I don't know. I honestly don't know the answer to that. Um, I think if John Cohen wanted Gary Henderson to be his head coach, he would have already announced it. Um, I think 
he would have said he's our coach going forward. We appreciate how hard it is to get to Omaha. I mean, John Cohen knows how hard it is just to get here, number one, let alone to win the whole thing. Um, so I, I don't have the answer to that. I, I think the answer to his future with the Mississippi State program lies both with John Cohen's opinion as to who can sell tickets for $65 million stadium and who can continue this run of excellence. And just as importantly, and do, do you need a big name to do that? And just as importantly is relationships with players. Um, is Gary Henderson the reason that this team is playing like this? Are they loose because of him? Does he have great relationships with the players? Is it Jake Gotro, the assistant coach? Um, is it the players on them uh, on their own? I mean, you know, we've seen plenty of times where guys just circle the wagons and say, you know what, forget about everybody else. We're going to do it with the guys on the field. And sometimes, you, know, you see it in the NBA all the time, um, where players will say, we're going to win in spite of our coach. And we're, mm-hmm. he's not even going to be involved in the huddles. We're just going to do our thing. So I don't know the answer to that question. Um, but I guess I would I, I would summarize it like this. It would not surprise me that Mississippi State, I would be shocked if they win the whole thing. Uh, yes, they're playing with house money now, but I, I still think to keep this thing going would be a miraculous run. Um, but it would not surprise me if Mississippi State wins the national championship and they have a different head coach by the fall. I would not be surprised by that. Even outlandish as that might sound and seem to outsiders, and when you see it on paper, um, that w- it would not surprise me. Me either, uh, for whatever that's worth. Um, let's look at Florida, Texas Tech. Uh, I, I was impressed, Tom, with, with Tech's lineup against Florida. The Gators did not hit well when Tech sort of mixed and matched. Uh, anything that would change in the matchup tonight, in your view? Well, I don't – listen, Tech's weakness is the depth of its pitching staff. Um, Caleb Killian will get the start for them today. Um, he went in the 20th round of the Orioles. I think he's a good pitcher. I don't know why they haven't thrown him to this point. There's there's something missing there. you know. So I think he has good stuff. We'll see how he responds to the stage and the pressure. But once you get past him, I don't know what's left for Texas Tech, especially since they just played yesterday. They put up incredible offensive numbers, top 10 in the country and just about everything. Part of that is because of their ballpark and the league that they play in. It's an offensive league. It's an offensive park. Um, the, they will have to win slugfest. You know, they're not going to win a one nothing 2-1 to game. I don't know who's to blame for Florida's woes at the plate in the first matchup in terms of runners in scoring position and hitting with runners on base. I don't know if we should give Tech a lot of credit for that or if Florida just had a bad day at the plate. But that's that's got to change. Uh, I think we all know that for Florida to win this thing. As good as Florida has been, Tom, and, and you know what, where Florida's been all year long, let's make the assumption that Florida gets by Texas Tech tonight, and now you're running into a hot Arkansas team. Uh, and again, yeah. as good as Florida has been, anything can happen. But realistically, for any Gator fan listening, wouldn't it be difficult, not impossible, but difficult for Florida to beat Arkansas twice? Well, I don't think – let me answer that two ways. Number one, okay. um, I, got no pro, I have no problem on a radio show looking ahead to what might be next. But I'd be perfectly honest, like when we got to Omaha, I had already penciled Florida and Oregon State into wins in their first games, and that didn't happen. So 
Um, and we've learned that, that anything can happen here, right? I mean, we know that. Um, who, okay, so let's say they do beat Texas Tech. Will we see Brady Singer in the first game against Arkansas? Yeah, good question. In your opinion? Yeah, I mean, I uh, think I think that's probably where Kevin O'Sullivan would go. I think it would be one day short rest. Is that right? Yes. Or would it be full rest? I haven't done the math. Um, so anything's possible with Brady Singer. I mean, that guy... That guy is amazing, and and I really felt like he was undone with some shoddy defense behind him the other day. Uh, yeah, he got beat by Blaine Knight, and you know, I was in Gainesville for that series, and Blaine Knight was was really good, and, and Singer had a hard time controlling that offense. But I don't think that happens again. He gave up six runs in seven innings. So, so the question you asked was, can Florida beat Arkansas in two games? And I would answer that with this. If you're going singer Kowar, Florida can beat anybody in two games. Mm-hmm. If the wind is blowing in, Florida has a great opportunity to beat this Arkansas team in two games. Um, but you got to win the first to get there. And so if it's Singer versus Knight, um, man, we'd have a heck of a pitching matchup, that's for sure. Um, and I don't know that I don't know that Knight would necessarily throw for Arkansas, but I, I think Kevin O'Sullivan would be in a position where he pretty much has to throw Brady Singer. Last question: um, You know, we all know the the backstory behind Heimlich, and he's been so good, Tom, in the regular year and in the, and in the postseason until here, and he's had two starts, and he's just not been very good. Do you think the pressure's gotten to him here? Do you think it's just been one of those things where, you know, good pitchers sometimes have bad starts? How do you view that? Well, I'll catch it by saying this. I thought his first start, his stuff was really good, um, and I thought he got squeezed a couple times with fastballs low in the strike zone, and I think that's where he wants to have success, and, and I do think he'll be a professional pitcher. And that's where he's going to have success in the professional ranks. That being said, and, and Pat Casey insisted, we talked to him before and after that game, and he insisted that the stage wasn't too big and he wasn't nervous. He just had a bad day. Um, okay, and, and that's fine. I don't expect Pat Casey to say anything different than that. But I go back to talks that I had numerous times with the great Augie Garrido, and Augie was so into the mental aspect of the game. One of the things that he would harp on is that if you if you don't think you deserve to be in that arena, then you're not going to allow yourself to have success. And I, I don't want to use the term guilty in terms of what you think about in, on, on the judicial side, but I'll use that just as a frame of mind. If, if you're guilty and you think I'm a fraud and people are going to find me out and I don't deserve to be out here and I'm going to get hit around, then you're going to be hit around. If you have a clear mind and you're able to execute and dominate, that's a little bit different. I don't know that that happened with him, but Augie Garrido knew way more about baseball than I did, and especially the psyches of college players' minds. And so it would not surprise me if Luke Heimlich stood out there on the mound and he saw 20,000 people in the national television audience and there wasn't a little bit of doubt that crept into his mind given everything that he's been through over the last 13, 14 months and that little voice in the back of the head said, you don't deserve to be here, uh, for whatever, no matter how you would apply that. Um, so, yes, I think this is 
in a, a very mental game for college kids, especially at this level and on this stage. They have they have never been exposed like this. And for Heimlich especially, remember he was great for the last two years, uh, 27-2, and two, two-time Pac-12 pitcher of the year, but they don't get the same sort of attention out west that we have in the SEC. There's a difference between throwing in the Pac-12 and throwing Friday night in the SEC and being on television every single night. And there's a difference in throwing in the regular season and throwing in Omaha. And some kids are able to step up and, and block the mental part out or embrace it, and some aren't. He's got big league stuff. I know that. Um, and so I, I just can't help but hear Augie Garrido on the back of my head saying, if you don't think you deserve to be out there, you're not going to be able to execute. Well said. And with that, we're going to let Tom go, and we always appreciate uh, him taking time to talk with us. Thank you, my friend. Always appreciate your time. My pleasure. See you at the ballpark. You got it. Thank you, Tom. Tom Hart, uh, always one of the great things about him, he, he very insightful. He, he really thinks out his answers, and I, I've always respected him for that. 12.36, time check brought to you by Hayes Prestige Jewelry, where the answer is always yes. We're going to switch gears for a moment, talk a little World Cup with our Jonathan Acosta, who follows the World Cup big time. He'll get you update, updated on what's happening there. Stay with us on Sports.